The Tigers replaced one surprising first baseman with another, while a pair of fab favorites hit a rough patch. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had the three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, August 12th. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. We knew it was coming, uh, but it was made official that Ramon Laureano received uh, his suspension, a six-game suspension, which, of course, pales in comparison to the 20-game suspension received by uh, Alex Cintron. And Laureano is appealing his suspension. So uh, people who decided to start him this week, probably going to work out for them. Uh, but... Um, you know, I guess we'll just uh, postpone that decision till till next week. That that starts it decision. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that it's going to take at least a few days to hear the appeal. And even though these things rarely change, uh, I think we're at least going to get something that looks close to a full week from L- Ramon Laureano this week. I guess that's ultimately good news, right? Uh, yeah, for the A's and uh, for anybody who's got Laureano fantasy, that is very good news, at least for this week. So. Again, if you took that chance, looks like it's going to pay off. Um, now, on Tuesday's show, Michael Beller and I had talked about C.J. Crone having to be helped off the field, leaving the Tigers game early. He was diagnosed uh, subsequently with a left knee sprain. It's been placed on the injured list, and there's no timetable for Crone's return. So in the meantime, uh, uh, Jamer, excuse me, Jamer Candelario uh, made the start at first base for the Tigers um, on Tuesday night. And it uh, looks like he's going to stick there, um, even though he's apparently played some pretty good defense at third base. Uh, they he, they really don't have other options. So Willie Castro was called up. He could be part of a third base rotation, according to Jason Beck of MLB.com. DVR, am I remembering this right, that you and I both kind of like Willie Castro? Um, I You know, I'm a little disappointed, actually, to hear that, at least initially, he's not going to be playing a bigger role. Yeah, I mean, I think they should just play him at shortstop and shuffle things around defensively. They've got a few guys who can kind of play all over. Candelario at least can play both corners. Nico Goodrum can probably play five or six different positions capably. So, you know, why not move Nico Goodrum over to first base? Maybe he's not on your next great Tigers team, but Willie Castro, there's at least a chance that he is the starting shortstop on the next great Tigers team. Uh, So I do think there's a chance that Castro plays a little bit more than it initially appears. I think I like him mostly because I think he's a high batting average floor player who offers a little bit of speed, and it comes with non-zero power. He's very young for the level everywhere he's played, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he developed a little bit more pop over time, but mostly I'm here for the average, the steals, and the possibility that he settles in eventually as a top-of-the-order source of run scored. That's funny because uh, non-zero power is exactly the way I would have described him as well. So um, <laughs> it's better than having zero power. Uh, somebody who does have some power is Candelario, and it's not really showing up in the stats as of yet, but uh, on StatCast, he's faring really well. He ranks, uh, or at least going into Tuesday, he ranked 12th in hard hit rate uh, among hitters that had at least 25 batted balls. So we've been waiting for a breakout from him for a few years now. Maybe in 2020 we see that. Uh, is he worth pursuing in any kind of mixed league, or is he still pretty much AL only? I think he's still pretty much AL only. I mean, the stat cast numbers, the expected stats 
certainly like a guy who averages 91 miles per hour for average exit velocity. He's sort of flirted with these underlying numbers that suggest he could do more. And I think with Candelario, part of the appeal too is that he's always done a good job taking walks. You know, when he first arrived in the big leagues, he was closer to like a 20% strikeout rate. That number has actually been up each of the last two seasons, around 25% early this season, up at 31%. So we'll see where things kind of settle in as we get a few more weeks of data. But I look at Candelario as a guy that probably doesn't play more than a bench role on a good team. So his window is basically this season to prove that he's a big league regular. And so far, I've been wrong about him. I thought he was actually going to be a good like 260, 270 type hitter, decent OBP, good run production because he could hit maybe fifth or sixth in this Tigers lineup consistently. And he's just been an up and down sort of guy who hasn't been able to produce consistently. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll see if the stat cast uh, numbers, if they they uh, can be sustained and if they actually do translate in some actual fantasy production. So something to keep an eye on, uh, maybe for your, your deeper mixed leagues. And we've got a few injury situations to update. George Springer and Corey Seager have been out for an extended period now. Um, neither one started for uh, the Astros and Dodgers, respectively. Uh, on Tuesday night, so uh, injured list stints could be in in the cards for uh, really either or both of them. Ronald Acuna was scratched up for the Braves game on Tuesday at New York uh, against the Yankees with a sore left wrist. And Donovan Solano, his 15-game hitting streak is on hold. He was out of the starting lineup uh, against the Astros. He's got a sore abdomen. I got uh, Solano in a couple of deep leagues, and and really it was just more for the appeal of uh, you know when the Giants faced a, a bunch of lefties. Um, it wants a daily league, so that really comes in handy there. But even in the weekly leagues, you know, looking ahead to see if there be uh, a lefty heavy week. But Solano's turned out to be much much more than that so far this year. Um, do you expect that that's going to continue? I think the playing time is more stable than I expected. So that's been the biggest surprise so far. I know the Giants had one trip to Coors already, and that was the thing that sort of put him on my radar, I think, going into last week. I thought he was more of a temporary pickup at the time. He's 32. I mean, it's a little surprising to see someone break out like this. But if you go back to what he was doing last season, kind of similar numbers when you look at the expected stats again. A 324 XBA, 465 X slug. You know, 437 Expo Bacon, the tastiest advanced stat possible, Mm -hmm. does a good job limiting K's. And I think as long as he keeps playing, he's at least mixed league relevant in the short term. How long this lasts, I honestly don't know. But he's kind of picked up right where he left off last season. Uh, And circling back on Acuna, it sounds like he's going to have his wrist examined in New York on Wednesday. This according to David O'Brien of The Athletics. So, uh, at least some concern that there might be a little more than a minor injury with Ronald Acuna. Yeah, so that's obviously something that's going to affect a lot of people in fantasy. Um, do you think that there's any move to be made there in terms of um, Adam Duvall or, or any other outfield option that the uh, that the Braves may have? You know, I think with the possibility of Acuna missing some time, the days off that we see for Ender Enciarte might dry up a little bit. Uh, and then we could see maybe more stable playing time from Austin Riley in addition to Duvall getting a bump. So kind of three different players all getting slight nudges to uh, make up the gap in playing time. And just a a really tough scenario if, if Acuna ends up joining Ozzy Albies on the injured list. I think that Braves lineup 
you know, it it doesn't look nearly as good with only Freddie Freeman and Marcelo Zuna as the big bats that you'd fear. I think Austin Riley's really struggled this year. You know, Dansby Swanson is striking out a ton. Having Nick Markakis back gives them a little bit of depth, but I think the Braves could be tracking towards becoming a lineup that you could stream some pitchers against in the near future if, if Acuna does, in fact, join Albies on the shelf. Yeah, I have to admit, by the way, I'm 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 a little hung up on Xwo Bacon like that. You know, I'm a little hungry. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I've been pronounced to get Xwobacon like it's you know an event that you go to once a year. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's probably the correct way to do it. But uh, I just think about bacon all the time, and it's literally right there. It's just completely spelled out right in my face. Yeah, I know Hazel prefers uh, prefers it that way. Um, she does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, from uh, Xwo Bacon, we'll move on to some uh, pitcher injury updates. Uh, Joe Musgrove is dealing with triceps inflammation. He's been placed on the injured list. And this uh, probably solidifies some rotation spots for the Pirates. Chad Cool, in particular, I think he's the one that uh, maybe gets a little bit of a bump. And I still think that JT Brubaker could maybe wind up having some fantasy impact, even though his first start wasn't all that great. Uh, so cool. Brubaker, uh, anybody there that you're more interested in as a result of this? I kind of like Chad cool. He pitched well. It was a shortened start. I believe last time out against the Tigers, seven K's, uh, just one run allowed over four innings. So I would assume that next time out, he could maybe push into the fifth inning. If he's really efficient. Maybe he goes a little further than that. Uh, but we're still talking about a guy that, for his career has kind of a low fours ERA 141 whip you're kind of getting him for the cheap strikeouts and carefully spotting him in for home starts and maybe the occasional uh, favorable road start in most formats all right DVR well let's move on to Tuesday's standouts uh, some good some not so good but among the good was Jesse Winker he uh, reached all three times against the Royals including a home run against Chris Bubich's first home run uh, this year against a lefty, but that's one more than he had in all of 2019. And his batting average is now up to 310. Seems like he's playing every day now. Um, this would certainly help with that going forward, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I was worried about him coming into the season because he seemed like he was more in a big side platoon role, but Jesse Winker can hit. Like, he's got real life flaws. He's not a great defender. I think the universal DH really affords the Reds enough extra flexibility to give him that extra little bump in playing time. And one thing that really stands out, if you look at Jesse Winker year over year, he's been in the big leagues now for parts of four seasons. Injuries have derailed him, but his consistency is actually pretty remarkable. XBAs above 280 in all four seasons. X slugs above 450 in all four seasons. Delicious X will bacon of 380 or better in each of those four seasons. He's always done a good job controlling the strike zone. He doesn't strike out a lot. He draws walks and he hits the ball hard. I mean, that's everything you could ask for really in a hitter. So might be one of those guys that in keeper in dynasty leagues is just a little bit undervalued because of the missed time. But the per game production and the underlying numbers actually support him being a legitimately really good hitter. Yeah, so definitely something to keep an eye on with that uh, playing time. Eddie Rosario, of course, doesn't have to worry about playing time, and he's off to a great start in terms of power. A couple more home runs on Tuesday night against the Brewers, and the walks are up, um, <laughs> which is something that really surprised and for a brief moment really encouraged me. Rosario's always walk, already walked seven times this year. 
That's uh, nearly a third of the 22 walks that he totaled in 2019. But when I looked at the plate discipline profile DVR, still chasing at a rate a little bit above 40%, which is pretty abysmal. So that doesn't really bode well for uh, the OBP for Eddie Rosario, but maybe at least he can bring the batting average up. Yeah, I mean, I think the power showing up this week has probably slammed the door shut on him being a truly buy low candidate, but I, I'm not really worried about the average. It's interesting that he is walking more. It just doesn't seem like part of who he is as a player. He's always been under 6% as a big league hitter. Uh, but you look at the power, I think that's real. The lineup around him is great, so the supporting cast is going to prop up those runs and RBI totals. Uh, and to me, there's no doubt about the power. I think he's a legitimate full-season like 30-home run guy at his peak right now. So you know, prorate that accordingly in this 60-game season. But I think there's still a lot to like, despite the fact the slash line is a little bit gnarly in the uh, 230 average and, and 309 OBP right now. Gnarly indeed. Uh, there's pretty gnarly pitchers duel at Coors Field on Tuesday night. Not something you necessarily expect. It was uh, Kyle Freeland and Zach Gallen, and it played out pretty much the way you would expect. Uh, they both went seven innings. They both gave up two runs, but Gallen did it with strikeouts, um, one per inning, and Freeland just two strikeouts uh, total for him. So obviously no questions here about Zach Gallen and what his appeal is, but uh, there's still a lot of skepticism around Kyle Freeland and what he's done so far this year. Are you among them? I think I'm just skeptical because he doesn't strike a lot of guys out, and I believe that his ability to induce weak contact is a real skill that can help him beat Coors. I think as a guy that grew up in Colorado, you know, maybe his approach is sort of optimized for dealing with pitching at altitude. He's not trying to get a lot of whiffs with his breaking pitches. I mean, let's just, let's say he's trying to get a lot of whiffs, but knows he can't. So it's really about fastball changeup, just keeping hitters off balance, keeping them uncomfortable. Uh, and if you look back at 2018, when Kyle Freeland, delivered a really nice season in the Rockies rotation. The underlying numbers, the X stats, the hard hit rates look pretty much identical to the way they look so far in 2020. So I think it's reasonable to say that Kyle Freeland owns the skill of inducing weak contact. But for me, Al, I have a hard time getting over a mental hurdle of not feeling comfortable using a fantasy pitcher in his home park. And even though I believe he owns that skill, I still don't want to put him in for those home starts. So I'm missing out. I believe in the skills, but I'm missing out. Well, and there's limited appeal just in the sense that even if he's giving you wins, even if he's helping with ratios, uh, he's not helping with strikeouts, regardless of the results at Coors Field. So, uh, you know, you could certainly uh, be cautious here and maybe not really miss out on all that much. But um you know, he's, he does have that appeal. Uh, maybe if you do need the ERA help, at least uh, for the time being, it would appear so. A couple of pitchers who um, gained a, a lot of interest uh, in the most recent weekly fabs, um, Tuki Toussaint and Tyler Alexander, and they both disappointed uh, the, the people who picked them up for this week. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, of course, had a very tough matchup against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, lasted four innings, gave up six runs, five of them earned on four hits and a walk, just three strikeouts. Uh, he does get the Marlins, who have uh, definitely cooled off. Uh, he gets them this Sunday. At least that's uh, what the schedule has for Toussaint right now. And then Tyler Alexander, 3.2 innings. Actually, a fairly similar line. Uh, five runs on four hits, three walks, two strikeouts against the White Sox. Alexander gets the Indians, who have had one of the worst offenses in the majors so far this season. So do either Toussaint or Alexander um, 
deserve another chance um, or should they be stashed or even potentially dropped? I would give Tukey a shot if you picked him up in a league where you had the option of reserving him for the Yankee start. I mean, that was a pretty easy avoid situation where possible. So uh, I think he's good enough to use in matchups against the bottom half of the league, at least while he has a spot. And I think the Braves are struggling right now. The Soroka and Hamels injuries have put them in a really difficult spot. They got to lean pretty heavily on their young pitching depth. So I know they just optioned Sean Newcomb down after a meltdown on Monday. I have to think that Tukey at least gets a chance to right the ship this weekend, and I would use him for that start. Tyler Alexander is as great as he was in relief against the Reds a week ago Sunday. I just don't see it. I think we talked about him after that performance. He was the... Uh, on the receiving end of a really favorable strike zone that day. And while it was an impressive outing in relief, I just don't see him having a lot of success as a big league starter. Yep. Well, uh, this most recent start certainly uh, does not encourage us to to have a lot of faith in him. So uh, maybe at least stash uh, for one more turn in the rotation, see how he does against a really bad Indians offense this weekend if he does make that start. And speaking of offense, uh, it's just um, been down in general and particularly hits on balls and play um, kind of freakishly low so far this season. So the Athletics, you know, Saris has dug into that and looked at several different theories about why uh, offense is uh, on the decrease so far in 2020. So check out today's featured read, Where Has All the Offense Gone by Eno Saris. And that's going to be it, DVR, for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we do always appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> 